This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friend. Monday. Yes, it's Monday. You made it through the weekend. You survived all of the uh, aftermath of this horrific situation that happened in Charlottesville. And you know, if you were here Saturday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., perhaps you heard me get into a heated exchange with a guy who listens to The Blaze a lot. A guy who has listened to The Blaze for years. And I think he likes to call up and start trouble. I typically will avoid his calls. He's a gentleman from uh, White Plains, New York. And he took exception to my anger on Saturday morning. I was upset with the people who were protesting Friday night. The people who were marching with the tiki torches around the statue of Thomas Jefferson on the University of Virginia campus and shouting anti-Semitic statements, shouting white supremacy statements, and I, I couldn't support it. I'm sorry, I, I can't and I won't support that kind of activism because I don't think it's truly activism. I think it is attempting to cause a problem to drive a wedge between us. And I brought that up. And I was accused of being uh, a free speech suppressor and somebody who uh, didn't understand that, that the Confederate flag, or as it is called by the people who defend it, the Confederate battle flag. When you hear somebody defending the Confederate flag and referring to it, as the Confederate battle flag, you can pretty much see through their agenda. But I actually lost my temper on Saturday morning. You can hear it. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all of the usual places. I lost my temper with this man, and uh, I shouted at him because I do think he's ignorant. And I think his... His claim that he flies the American flag with the Confederate flag right below it at his home in White Plains is is an insult to this nation. It's an insult to to people who are bigger than that, people who are better than that, people who have stood up and said, I do believe it's not about skin color. I do believe it's not about slavery. I do believe it's about equality. So if that gentleman's listening today, you are not welcome to call 888-900-3393. You are not welcome to chime in. Everybody else welcome. But you know who you are, sir. 888-900-3393, You're welcome to send a written apology to me via email or Twitter or however you would like to do it. Because after that, that heated exchange, it wasn't but a few hours that we saw these, these idiots 
gathered to do nothing other than cause trouble and tear apart our nation. We saw these idiots engage and we know what happened. We have a woman who's dead. We have, because they were called into action, two police officers and I believe two other people who worked for the governor died in that helicopter that crashed. So I, I won't be silent about things like this. I won't be silent. Do I, uh, I was called a history hider, a history obscurer, that I wanted to hide our history. No, that's not what I endorsed. I endorsed Nikki Haley's solution in South Carolina when she moved that Confederate flag out of the main site of everyone and into a museum. She didn't bury it. She didn't burn it. She didn't tear it up. She wanted it to be seen just in an educational way. Another reason why I appreciate Nikki Haley. So if you're, if you're interested in talking today, we have myriad topics to get to today. If you're interested in talking today, of course, we're going to talk a little bit more about Charlottesville and what I think about it. But I want you to be able to understand that what I'm all about is, is exposing people who are only trying to tear us apart. Exposing people whose, whose only motive, if you boil it all down, is to break down what we are trying to hold together, and that is the dream of America. The true, beautiful dream of America. I go back, let's go back to 1981. Ronald Reagan speaking at the um, NAACP convention. That's right. Ronald Reagan, another one of those white Republicans addressing the uh, NAACP convention. Do you remember Reagan's remarks? If you didn't, maybe we should play them a couple times today. A few isolated groups in the backwater of American life still hold perverted notions of what America is all about. Recently, in some places in the nation, there's been a disturbing reoccurrence of bigotry and violence. If I may, from the platform of this organization, known for its tolerance, I would like to address a few remarks to those groups who still adhere to senseless racism and religious prejudice. To those individuals who persist in such hateful behavior, if I were speaking to them instead of to you, I would say to them, you are the ones who are out of step with our society. You are the ones who willfully violate the meaning of the dream that is America. And this country, because of what it stands for, will not stand for your conduct. Ronald Reagan. 1981 at the NAACP annual convention. Great words. And I think we have to stand up and we have to point out these people. I got, I got called out on Saturday by this gentleman who couldn't believe I referred to the protesters from Friday night as jack wagons. Frankly, that was the strongest language I could use on this network. 
Couldn't believe I called them jack wagons. And I will continue to call them jack wagons on this radio network, and I will continue to use stronger language when I'm not restricted by the, the boundaries of civility here. But we have to. We have to speak up. I go right to Bonhoeffer today. You have to go to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. We're never going to get the the life back of the young lady who died. We're never going to get the lives back of the two officers and the four people who worked out of Terry McAuliffe's office who died in that helicopter crash. You're not going to get them back. But we can damn sure try and make certain that that never happens again, that there is not a repeat of what happened in Charlottesville. Do I wish President Trump had identified Nazis, white supremacists, and those folks when he gave his message from Bedminster? Yes, of course. Was I surprised? In some ways, no. In some ways, I was not surprised because of who, who controls the message. And I tend to believe it's still Stephen Bannon, which leads me to this week's big question. What's the over and under on Steve Bannon? If you've listened to the show, you know I'm not a Steve Bannon fan. If you listen to the show, I have been uh, not shy about my lack of appreciation for the guy that ran Breitbart and then found his way into the inner circle in August before the election. He wasn't there at the beginning. He wasn't the guru leading the Trump campaign. Or was he? But Stephen Bannon, I believe, is not long for the White House staff. The only problem is, if Bannon is the leaker, I believe Steve Bannon is the guy who's a scorched earth guy. I believe Steve Bannon, on the way out, would be rolling napalm bombs down the halls of the White House to try and destroy whatever was there in terms of order and structure. So what do they do? Do you think he gets moved off into some administrative role where he can do no harm? I'm sorry if you're in the building. I think you're a problem. The way they dealt with Scaramucci was, the I, I thought, the best way to go. Cut clean out. Maybe Bannon is uh, the next one to go. I do have a friendly bet with a guy in San Antonio that says Bannon won't last through the end of the week. Could I be wrong? Yes, I'm wrong uh, every hour on this show. But I tend to think we as a nation would be better off in a Bannon-free administration. I tend to think the president would be better off without Steve Bannon. I tend to believe that this would all be uh, so much better and so much more professional, and Trump could still be Trump, but for the presence of one Stephen Bannon. 
They've already gotten him off the National Security Council pretty much. He still can go in the room, but he's not at the table. So what does Steve Bannon have that's keeping him there? I can't for the life of me figure it out. Maybe you can. If you're one of the early Trumpers who've been there forever, maybe you can explain it to me. Maybe you can share that information. Uh, in terms of what's going on in Charlottesville, the the killer, the alleged killer, I guess I have to say alleged because he's he's just been charged. Uh, no bail, no bond. Apparently one of the public defenders they tried to assign to him actually had a relative who was in the protest, counter-protest group and was injured. So there was a little bit of a conflict there. But no bail. I'm not going to give that guy any, any um, press. I don't want to say his name. There is so much that has followed after this that we will have to address it. And so many people who are contradicting their own lives and how they've led their lives by jumping on this to attack President Trump and call him a racist. When we get back, yeah, there, there's a guy who used to talk about what a great friend he is of Donald Trump. That's as long as Donald Trump was candidate Trump. And now, and now he's calling the president a racist. On, on national television. I've got the clip. I'll share it with you. And also today we're going to get into uh, the start of the countdown for the solar eclipse because uh, it's a week from today. A week from today where I'm sitting, we will be just about two hours away from a 76% eclipse of the sun. 76%. We'll talk about some of the craziness. Plus, uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick will join us today. She's uh, big on the hot topic of the day, which is, of course, Stephen Bannon. In or out and how soon? How soon do you think it happens? And uh, I got into a little bit of a Twitter kerfuffle yesterday with um, the, um, Na the American Socialist Party. It's, it's apparently um, Twitter verified, but we got into a little bit of an online discussion triggered by a New York Times story that claimed women had better sex under socialism. Don't jump from capitalism to socialism until you hear the whole story, ladies. I'll explain next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There is a statement coming from the White House shortly. We are expecting it. If, if it happens while we are here, we will attempt to pick it up and cover it. It could happen. Obviously, the perfect timing for, for, for us would be right now, but it could happen while we're in a bottom of the hour news break. We shall see. Matt is in West Virginia. He called 888 900 
and uh, wants to talk about this uh, this controversial or my statement earlier about flying flags. Specifically, I was talking about the Confederate flag. Matt, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, sir? How you doing, Mr. Opelka? Glad to be on. Um, I appreciate you. I'm going to tell you about going to tell you about this neighbor that I had. Uh, you know, I live in West Virginia, and the uh, Confederate flag is quite pre- prevalent in some areas. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have them. A lot of people fly them from the back of their trucks. And my next-door neighbor, he puts the Confederate flag underneath the American flag. And, uh, you know, we were just out talking one day, and I told him that it, it doesn't really send the right message. And he told me, you know, well, it's heritage, not hate. And, uh, you know, I'm, I had family that fought for the Confederacy, and I'm proud of it. I said, okay, you know, not a problem. Well, a couple of days later, my Amazon order came in, and uh, I brought a Nazi flag over to his house. And I told him, I said, oh, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna fly this, uh, the, not, the ensign of the Nazi party over my house. He's like, you can't do that. I said, well, I said, you know, I have my grandfather's brother. He was a soldier in the, in the Wehrmacht during World War II. I said, my family fought for the German army in World War II. That's my heritage. Do you see a problem with that? And, you know, after that, he kind of realized the error of his ways, and he actually took it down. But, you know, he kind of had to, had to show him the error of his ways there. Well, but, sometimes, um, Matt, and I applaud you for showing him the example and, and trying to do it with a clear and concrete example, uh, and and not screaming and hollering because I do think, as Glenn mentioned today, if if any of these folks who support the Confederate flag would read the Confederacy's Constitution, they would understand it's not heritage, it's not about states' rights. It was in fact about slavery. And uh, Matt, you you are a, you're a good man. I I sincerely hope your neighbor does understand. Now, what, did you send the flag back to Amazon? Did you say, my bad, I didn't need this? No, I kept it. I'm a, I'm a big, you know, World War II buff myself, history buff. I, I've got a lot of Civil War artifacts, you know, and I have a Confederate flag in, in my war room. You know, I got all the flags of the different, you know, military units that I study. And, uh, you know, I, I kept the, the German flag. But, well, um, you know, you, you're right to do that. I would be very but, careful about flying not, that flag go, in public. I ain't going to go putting it on the flagpole or anything. I don't go waving okay. it out for everybody to see. There's nothing wrong with having it, I don't think, if it's done, you know, in the right context with the right train of thought, you know. Sure. History is important, so, and we must understand and make sure we're clear on it. Matt, thank you so much. I'm up against a hard break here. Hopefully, when we come back, We will catch the president as he is making his statement. He's expected to directly name the KKK, neo-Nazi groups, white supremacists, and denounce them. Stay tuned. Puro Pelka continues. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are expecting to get a statement from the president at the White House any second now. It just uh, it appears as we're monitoring the video feeds on this that the book of whatever statement is to be made was placed on the lectern slash podium where, you know, if I use one, somebody else writes and tells me it's a podium. If I say lectern and if I say lectern, someone goes, well, you know, you could call it a podium. Can we, you just can't win. A couple of things going on. As I mentioned uh, this weekend, yesterday morning, I actually got into a rather spirited exchange with a bunch of socialists. Yeah, I know. Why bother? Well, they're fun to mess with because somebody asked me that. Why do you bother with them? Because they don't tell the truth and they're fun to screw with. (laughs) Is that so wrong? No, it's not. But but it is the truth. So yesterday morning, I I retweeted a copy of the New York Times article with the headline, why women had better sex under socialism. And I called out the times for this because I thought this really was a cheesy and cheap way of trying to promote socialism. It made absolutely no sense. It's, it's just stupid. And uh, it, what, what are we doing, New York Times? I called this the, the most desperate manner of trying to sell the disgusting and failed concept of socialism. And hashtagged epic fail and tagged the New York Times. Well, the New York Times did not respond, as you might expect. However, however, the Socialist Party did respond. And they said socialism has never yet existed. It will, though, because it is capitalism that is now an outdated failing economic system. To which I responded, please leave the comedy to the professionals. The socialist didn't like that. The socialist responded back to me, basically the equivalent of Seinfeld's famous, the jerk store called and they're out of you, by saying, please leave socialism to those who actually know what it is. And then they tagged worldsocialism.org and a link to it. Now, here's the problem. The Socialist Party claims on its Twitter biography that it, is, it has been in existence since 1904. That's 113 years if you do the math, right? And yet you call them on it and saying socialism doesn't work. It's a failure. The, the uh, examples are myriad. And they say, well, no, it's never really existed. It's never really existed, right? No. I told the wonderful Socialist Party again, those of us who cherish freedom and individual rights fully understand the horrific enslavement socialism preaches, hashtag not a sheep, hashtag Viva Liberty. And our friends, the Socialist Party, went on to say, like I said, leave socialism to those who understand it. Socialism means a class-free society with no leader, or followers like capitalism. Yeah, and I think we all saw, aside from the failures, I think we all saw how badly socialism hit the skids in Venezuela 
and uh, Occupy Wall Street up front. The president appears to be walking in. Can uh, Dallas, can you start bringing up President Trump? I would like to make sure we catch his statement. He might be a little bit behind schedule on uh, C-SPAN, wherever we're getting the feed. Are you getting him at all, Dallas? You can go ahead and whisper in my ear. As I said on Saturday, we condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. It has no place in America. And as I have said many times before, no matter the color of our skin, we all live under the same laws. We all salute the same great flag. And we are all made by the same almighty God. We must love each other, show affection for each other, and unite together in condemnation of hatred, bigotry, and violence. We must rediscover the bonds of love and loyalty that bring us together as Americans. Racism is evil, and those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. We are a nation founded on the truth that all of us are created equal. We are equal in the eyes of our Creator. We are equal under the law. And we are equal under our Constitution. Those who spread violence in the name of bigotry strike at the very core of America. Two days ago, a young American woman, Heather Hare, was tragically killed. Her death fills us with grief, and we send her family our thoughts, our prayers, and our love. We also mourn the two Virginia State Troopers who died in service to their community, their commonwealth, and their country. Troopers Jay Cullen and Burke Bates exemplify the very best of America, and our hearts go out to their families, their friends, and every member of American law enforcement. These three fallen Americans embody the goodness and decency of our nation. In times such as these, America has always shown its true character, responding to hate with love, division with unity, and violence with an unwavering resolve for justice. As a candidate, I promise to restore law and order to our country, and our federal law enforcement agencies are following through on that pledge. We will spare no resource in fighting so that every American child can grow up free from violence and fear. We will defend and protect the sacred rights of all Americans, and we will work together so that every citizen in this blessed land is free to follow their dreams in their hearts and to express the love and joy in their souls. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. President Trump walking out of the room at the White House where he just delivered a statement, a pretty blunt statement on the Charlottesville attack, which I'm sure we're now going to hear people saying, why Monday and not Saturday? 
Well, even MSNBC pointed out that when the massacre from Dylan Roof happened, President Obama did not immediately bring up white supremacists and racists. But Donald Trump did call out the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, talked that we will not have this, we will not stand for racism, calling it evil. So I'm sure there's going to be a whole bunch of why did it take two days? Well, you could play the same game, but I don't think that's going to get us anywhere. If you want to bring up Obama, go ahead. I don't think it's going to help. I do think it's going to help that that the uh, Justice Department and the FBI are are doing a uh, an investigation on this this entire situation. What Trump did say was more than talk about pursuing the guy who drove the car, but the people who were there, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, the KKK members, the repugnant people who were there and said if they broke the law, they will be pursued as well. So I think this is a, a good, strong statement from the president. Again, would have been nice if this came out quicker, but who knows why he called those who who broke the law there, criminals, thugs. I'm glad he used those terms. I'm very happy. And now I'm not going to turn around and look at my liberal friends and say, are you happy now? Not going to do it. But I'm anticipating you're going to see some of that stuff. Did you think the president's statement was strong enough? Are you happy with what he said? Let's have a discussion. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Are you happy with what President Trump just said? We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Have you, have you gotten your relief factor yet? Come on now. What are you waiting for? Patricia in Michigan jumped on the relief factor bus and uh, she had something very lovely to say. At one time, I was in constant pain in my knees and hips. I'm 72 years old and thought that's what happens when you get old. I heard about Relief Factor on the radio shows. To my surprise and relief, it took away my hurt. I can get out of bed easier in the morning, and even damp and rainy days don't bother me as much. I started out taking three doses per day, but now only take two. Thank you, Relief Factor, for letting me know about this wonderful product. I use it. I take it every day. I take it three times a day, and I'm more active now than than the last year. The irritation, the inflammation, my joints is gone. Go to relieffactor.com or pick up the phone and call them. Try that three-week quick start plan. It is uh, $19.95, less than 95 cents a day, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. That is Relief Factor. We just watched the president 
We just watched the president make a statement about Charlottesville. And uh, the short version of the statement, the 22nd version, is this. And as well, there you go, Mr. President. Come on. Tell justice me. will be delivered. Thank you. As I said on Saturday, we condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry and violence. It has no place in America. It does not have a place in America, in my mind, in my heart. So we ask the vital question, and you can, you can jump on it on the, online right now on Twitter at StuntBrain, or you can also pick up the phone and call 888-900-3393. We asked, what did you think of the president's address? Was it good? Very presidential? Was it just okay? Was it too little too late, or you can't decide? Early voting says 68% of you think it was good, presidential. 9% of you say it's just okay. 23% of you say too little, too late. And actually, for the first time, none of you, <laughs> none of you have a problem finding an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion on this. So I want you to join in this conversation. We'll, we will keep exploring this uh, throughout the show. We have other topics to get to today. I have to finish up on the socialism story and the fact that the New York Times is telling women that uh, sex was better under socialism. And they've got proof, which led to, like I said, a kerfuffle between me and the, the world socialists on Twitter. Really, women had better sex under socialism? We'll, we'll dig a little deeper. Plus, the eclipse, the countdown to the eclipse, and so much more just around the corner on Pure Opelka. Come on back. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Monday, second hour of Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This network at your service. We we consider ourselves to be helpers, your radio helpers. That's right. We're here to help. I, I'm I'm absolutely serious. We're here to help you understand. We're here to help you uh, share. We're here to help you promote. We're, we are here. We are here because this community has to stick together and work together if we are to survive and thrive and keep going. So that's one of the things that I'm happy about. And I want you to understand that. So write down the number, 888 888-900-3393. That is where you can reach out, share your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, in any case, you might actually have a tip on something, too. We were just discussing the president's statement. President Trump came out right after 1230 Eastern 
at the White House and made a prepared statement about the hate groups and the violence in Charlotte. And he also made sure that he got a little bit of economic news on the front end of it. The president was scheduled to be in D.C. today to have meetings on trade. And in conjunction with that, or in addition to that, he made the statement on on what happened in Charlottesville, and he had meetings with Jeff Sessions and the director of the FBI, and they're pursuing a pace in their jobs of investigating what the hell happened in Charlottesville this weekend and how any of those people that the president referred to as thugs and criminals, how they can be tracked down and justice to be delivered. So we asked the vital question. It's on Twitter as we speak. It went up uh, just a couple minutes ago. The president made a strong statement on Charlottesville violence. Rate his address right now. 63% of you say, good, presidential. 15% say just okay. 23% say too little, too late. And uh, nobody, nobody is saying I can't decide, which means you are engaged And I appreciate it. I think that's really kind of important. That's what this is about. This is about having an opinion and staying engaged and being involved. Some of you have some interesting opinions. Like Joe, who wrote, anyone making the statement a little too, a little too little too late are either in the bag for the left or they didn't hear the president's speech on Saturday. Well, Joe, that's. That's your opinion. There are some people who would have liked the president to have been clearer and use the words neo-Nazi, KKK, white supremacist. I would have loved to have heard that. Land Phil, who is uh, IR8 Patriot, said, I'm not sure the wording or timing matters when there are so many who would have the same scripted reaction regardless. All right. So you want to weigh in, you can. You can do it via Twitter. You can do it online. You can do it on the phones, 888-900-3393. I I love the way this audience interacts in very different, different ways. The Duchess writes, uh, let's not forget the terror citizens of Baltimore, Ferguson, and now Charlottesville felt when cities stood down. That's an interesting point. There were questions raised over the last few days why the police were not more engaged. And I have a, you guys know how I feel about the men and women of law enforcement. Too often, cops are are damned if they do and damned if they don't. It's got to be so frustrating to stand there and you're between a group of neo-Nazis and a group of people chanting Black Lives Matter And if you move one step to either side, you are going to be damned. And chances are you're going to be hit with something. So, you know, this is this is the toughest thing. Now, in Baltimore, we were told and we witnessed. Remember, the mayor said we have to step back and give them some room to get their feelings out, to to loot and destroy. And yeah, I was a little upset about that. We have not heard anything of that kind coming out of Charlottesville. Ferguson, 
Well, Ferguson was a different thing altogether. You had the entire net. You had the Sharptons of this world drumming up problems as well. So in the case of Charlottesville, I'm waiting to see if there is any additional reporting. And uh, now that we have someone who is um, investigating this on a possible hate crimes level, now that the Department of Justice and the FBI are engaged, maybe we will get some more information. Maybe we will hear. But um, at this point, I, I, don't, I don't equate this to Baltimore yet and what we saw in Baltimore, because that truly was actually um, a, a moment where law enforcement was told, back away, let them break some things, let them destroy some things. It was one of the most frightening things I'd ever seen. I do not believe that's what happened in, um, in Charlottesville. It's just so difficult because... You feel for the men and women. Can you imagine putting your butt on the line every single day? And there are groups in in each organization, the KKK, Black Lives Matter, anybody who's out there with their own special cause, and they've all got a problem with you. Anyone, they can each find something to be mad at you about. The most thankless job. So why don't we thank a cop today? Why don't, why don't we say thank you? Buy him a cup of coffee or something. I'm not going to say donuts. Too easy. Too cheap. Easy joke. But th- this is so frustrating to me. Participate in the, uh, the vital question of the day today. So it's up there. It's ready for you. You can, you can be part of this show that way, or you can be a part on the phones, etc. cetera. Um, before the president spoke, I was sharing with with you the the good news from the new york times that uh, another another reason why we need to move towards socialism is because uh women had better sex under socialism i'm not going to i'm not kidding this is not me making a joke this is the new york times sunday review the headline reads why women had better sex under socialism I know. I know. But this is from some cockamamie study that are, they're talking about uh, some interviews they had with, uh, for example, Anna Durcheva from Bulgaria, who uh, lived 43 years of her life under communism and complained that the free market hinders Bulgarians' ability to develop healthy, amorous relationships. Sure, some things were bad during that time, she said, but my life was full of romance. After my divorce, I had my job and my salary, and I didn't need a man to support me. I could do as I pleased. Oh, thank God the government will step in and take the place of a a person. Maybe a family will be supplanted by the government. She said she was a single mother for many years, but insisted her life before 1989 was more gratifying than the stressful existence of her daughter, who was born in the late 1970s. All she does is work and work. They're selling this this communist socialist myth 
saying that women under communism enjoyed more sexual pleasure. When? When they were standing in line to buy toilet paper? When? When? When they were all making the exact same amount so they could wear the same dress, so they could get the same pound of butter each week from the government dairy? When? How, how much fun, how much of a hedonistic utopia was this, Bulgaria? I'm sorry, I ain't buying it. So that's when I went after the socialists online. And they fought, they fought vainly. For a little while they fought. They tried to keep up with us. And every time the socialists would spit back at me and tell me that you can't understand socialism because it never existed. It can't possibly have been tried and failed. Well, you can't claim that you've been around since 1904, Socialist Party, and then say that you've never been tried. Of course, the moment I pointed out to the Socialist Party on Twitter, which is at official SPGB, at official SPGB, you can see it if you follow my Twitter thread. The minute I pointed out that they they said that they themselves have been around since 1904. Guess who changed their Twitter bio? Hmm. I guess they couldn't handle the truth. They keep sending me little clips saying that Venezuela is what happens when leftism goes wrong. Don't blame socialism for a leftist failure to manage a profit-driven capitalist economy. Well, you can deny this all day long. It's socialism and it failed. Now it's killing people. I support capitalism. I support freedom. I support individual rights. I support success or failure based on how hard you work and equal opportunity for all. The Socialist Party eventually stopped commenting. Eventually, but not before we had a little fun with them. If you want to have some fun with them, too, go ahead. But uh, I'm sorry, Socialist Party, your idea that uh, women had better sex in communist and socialist rules. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing um, those women would not be willing to stand up and take a lie detector test. Of course. You're going to tell everyone you had better sex because if not, you won't get your toilet paper. You won't get your pound of government butter or your pound of government cheese or your pound of government fertilizer. The load of crap they're selling you to keep you shackled to the government factory job that provides you all the wonderful, all the wonderful free time you have to be that sexy beast that you dreamt of being under the rule of the socialist communist thumb. I know. I exaggerate to clarify. Stepping aside. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll be right with Eric in Arizona, but I got to welcome a brand new sponsor to this show. I have to, uh, I have to tell you, it's another sponsor I'm looking forward to using myself. One of the things that I, I never get right is timing on those air filters that you have in your house. You know, the one you slide in your heating or your air conditioning unit, the one that goes in the air handler. And if you don't replace it, you get a higher bill, obviously. And in some cases, if you don't, ha- if you don't change that filter every month or every two months, whatever's recommended for your system, if that thing clogs up, you're going to blow out a compressor eventually. It's going gonna, it's gonna to block, which, which happens. But we have a house and uh, a couple of little, little tiny rental properties. And so I'm always replacing filters. And that means I have to run to the store and try and remember the sizes. And I never get it right. But filterbuy.com, filterbuy.com, changing my life. I go on filterbuy.com, that's filterbuy.com. I, I put in my sizes that I need. I can buy one filter, I can buy a year's worth of filter, or I can set it up to get a filter delivered every 30 days, 60 days, whatever you want. And if you're a business, you can order a, a huge load of them. If you're an individual, you can just get one. And these are built here in America. I talked to the owners behind this uh, last weekend. Filter buy, filterbuy.com. Go there and check it out. Any size, no matter what, how weird, how outdated, at the best price, shipped to you for free within 24 hours. It's a no-brainer. I ordered mine. I will be doing the superiority dance because I have cheaper, American-made, better and uh, it's going to show up at the door. I, I don't have to go crawling around the hardware store looking for the size. Filterbuy.com. Filterbuy.com. Check them out. And welcome to the show, guys. We appreciate you. Eric in Arizona, you're calling in to talk about the president and uh, what he said. What's going on, sir? Welcome to the program. How are you doing today, Mr. Alpelka? I'm good. I'm, feel- I'm actually feeling good for a Monday. I hope you are, too. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, well, I'm hoping Monday will go bad so the rest of the week has a chance. <laughs> That's a personal joke on my side. <laughs> Interesting take. <laughs> anyway, hey, I, I was calling about uh, the president and his remarks, and uh, the reason I'm calling is I think he did the smart thing is what he did is he gave the authorities time to figure out who this idiot was who ran these folks over. Uh, I'll call him a terrorist. He's a domestic terrorist. Um and he gave the authorities the proper amount of time to go ahead and do their research, find out who did what and why it happened. And in that, anyone who I'm a survivor of the Los Angeles riots, I went through that and, and many race riots as a younger man as well. Um, and it's chaos and nobody knows what's going on. The authorities don't know what's going on. The people involved don't know what's going on. And so I think he did the smart thing by going ahead and holding back and waiting until the authorities told him, yes, we know this guy wasn't one of the uh, anti-Nazis that made a mistake and ran into the wrong group of people. 
had to know exactly who did what and why, and then make the appropriate statements. Eric, you bring up a really good point, and you bring up a very clear and easily understood line of reasoning on this. Have you heard what I've been seeing in a couple of different places today? There are actual theories that the guy behind the wheel of that Dodge, there are actual theories that he might have just been afraid there were people saying his car was being beaten on and he panicked and that's what that this wasn't intentional this was uh, accidental and he panicked have you heard that theory at all no sir i have not heard that theory but like i said as somebody who has survived a fair amount of race rats and also been in the military i understand the chaos in those situations and you don't know what's going on. You don't know who your friends are. God help the police. They're the only ones that you know where they stand, and they're in the middle between those people. I have been pulled out of cars in race riots. I have seen how bad it was. I was shot at during the L.A. riots, and I tell you, you don't know unless you know their face. You don't know who's on your side. And the police, God help them, are stuck in the middle of that. It is a horrible yep. situation. And that poor man, he, he, again, he could be the worst bastard on the face of the planet. Trust me, my family fought the Nazis in World War II. Well, Eric, I, I sure appreciate your calm and very clear thoughts here. And uh, I'm up against a hard wall, but let me thank you for your service before I cut you loose. We appreciate you. Sure. Thank uh, the, the man that paid the ultimate price. Don't ever thank me, please. Well, God bless you, sir. Uh, that's what this yeah. audience is about. Some some rational thought. There's a little bit of passion thrown in, and some days I throw in an extra scoop just to be sure. You want to join the conversation, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. And welcome to the show, filterby.com. Thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. It is uh, a Monday that uh, feels like we we never really left because Saturday after we ended the show at 9 a.m. to make room for the one and only Jeff Fisher on the Saturday morning programming here on The Blaze, then uh, all hell broke loose in Charlottesville. And I think all of us here were uh, constantly getting messages and updates all weekend long. So it was one of those it's one of those Mondays that kind of feels like the the week last week never really ended. And I think it, it's difficult. It's difficult uh, I, to turn it off, isn't it? My brother and I were talking, one of my brothers, George, 
You've heard me talk about George. George was the guy I was defending from the communists when I was five years old. And I'll get to that story in the next hour. I promised Doc Thompson I would tell that story. I've been fighting communists and socialists. I've been standing on guard since I was five years old. But I was talking to my brother George this weekend, and we were both having mainstream media overload, and it was just so much. As a matter of fact, yesterday morning I was getting really tired as um, CNN was just beating the tar out of the present over the fact that he didn't come out and use the words that they they wanted us to use to they wanted the president to use. They just they couldn't believe that uh, President Trump was doing this. As a matter of fact, uh, I think it was Victor Blackwell and Christy Paul, two of the CNN hosts who were on very early Sunday morning, actually asked guests on more than one occasion. If the president not identifying neo-Nazis and the KKK and the alt-right, if the president avoided saying that, did they think he was doing that because he wanted to bring back slavery? I actually heard CNN anchors on two separate occasions talk about the fact that the president's actions were uh, sort of a sign or they wondered if it was a sign that the president wanted to take us back. When they talk about taking back the country, does that mean the president was endorsing the actions of those people who wanted to go back to slavery? Are you kidding me? So I've got the little meltdown over this too. And forgive me for thinking this, but I also... I also could not help but wonder, is this story, this Charlottesville, Virginia story and this horrific violence that took the life of an innocent woman and we saw two state troopers die and two other people from the governor's office die in that helicopter crash, is this going to tick off Kim Jong-un because he's no longer dominating the headlines here? Is this going to make Kim Jong-un more likely to do something stupid? I had to turn off the mainstream media for a while. We had to, we had to get out. We had to look for something to uh, sort of take a little bit of the pressure off, something to relieve the, the tension, the stress of, of this crazy world. So I look for some good stories, some stories that, you know, we can say, well, how about that? And what about that? And maybe we should think about that. And a couple of those stories did pop. And then I remembered it's also Elvis week. (laughs) Do you, I, I was never a big Elvis Presley fan. Never, never a big Elvis Presley fan. And it's probably because I had a neighbor who was an Elvis impersonator. Had a, 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 a guy in the neighborhood who knew at the age of 15 that he wanted to be an Elvis impersonator. I mean, you got to respect the, the dedication it takes and the understanding of your, the life ahead of you to realize that, that that's, that's a vocation that you can actually choose. 
And he was pretty good, too. His name was Bob Pasek. I have no idea where Bob Pasek is these days. I hope to hell he he eventually got out of Illinois, got out of the Chicagoland area and the railroad bars he was playing in and made it to a big stage somewhere in Las Vegas. But uh, as we approach the uh, anniversary, the 40th anniversary of the passing of Elvis Presley will happen on the 16th of August. So we're just around the corner today being obviously the, uh, the 14th. Wednesday will be the anniversary, the 40th anniversary of Elvis's passing and uh, found by his girlfriend unresponsive in the bathroom at Graceland. Yes, I was part of a bunch of crazy radio stunts that honored Elvis's passing every year, including the time we gave away bath mats with Elvis's body taped in an outline because he was reportedly found on the floor in the bathroom on the bath mat as his heart gave out from the, apparently, the, uh, you know what, Elvis might have been the first big celebrity opioid uh, victim. Because Elvis was reportedly addicted to the Percodan. And uh, according to many different reports during that, those days, Elvis taking upwards of 25 Percodan a day. And God knows what else was in his life. We knew about the fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches. But this Wednesday, this Wednesday will be the anniversary of uh, Elvis Presley's passing 40 years since Elvis left the building forever. And there were also stories along the, li- along the years of, uh, of Elvis being seen in, in the drive throughs of Burger Kings and Dunkin' Donuts and Wendy's all around the areas. Uh, Detroit, I think, was the, the area that had the most Elvis sightings. But on Wednesday, we have a special guest who's going to be joining us to talk about when you're out on the weekend, if you stumble into an Elvis Presley record, a piece of vinyl, there are Elvis Presley records worth tens of thousands of dollars if you can find the right one. So Wednesday, you have to be here because we will. I just as I was looking for something other than the mainstream media to take us away from the panic about North Korea and the the stress over the violence that's tearing apart the country in Charlottesville, and we'll continue keeping an eye on that. I was looking for stories, and I said, you know, it's Elvis week, and people will gather at Graceland and say uh, farewell once again to the king. Thank you very much. But uh, we're going to tell you how to turn Elvis week into money. I'm serious. We're going to actually show you how you can take a few minutes on this program Wednesday. I know it's Wellness Wednesday. Dr. Jorge will be here too. But Wellness Wednesday, you'll be able to uh, learn how to make money with Elvis Presley. So you have to be back here for that. I remember, do you remember where you were? Were you old enough to be around? Were you around when Elvis Presley died? I was coming out of Star Wars. Yeah, I know. 40 years ago, Star Wars came out. It was still in the movie theaters. I had resisted going to see it. And my buddy Todd Pearson and I had gone to see Star Wars on a matinee screening 
And as we came out and started driving home from the theater, every radio station in Chicago was playing an Elvis Presley song. Every single one. And I remember Pearson looking at me and going, what's going on? I said, Elvis is dead. He said, what, what do you mean? I said, go every station, even the news stations. We're caught in a trap. Yeah, I know. Elvis died. So we will relive that moment. Maybe I'll see if we can get, I don't know where Todd Pearson is now. I haven't talked to him for about 30 years. But uh, so among the stories to, to make us feel a little bit better, it's Elvis week. It's the week Elvis, 40 years ago, died straining on the toilet. That's actually on a, on a death certificate somewhere. I'm not making that up. There is good news. I have to give a salute out to Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island is trying something which I find fairly interesting. And maybe uh, an interesting way to handle charity. They're putting up meters, like parking meters, but they're not parking meters. Providence is attempting to work with its homeless community by asking people to donate money for the homeless, to help the homeless, via these meters. They're basically meters for needers, for people that have needs. You can go up to one of the meters and instead of putting money in to pay for a parking space, you can give money to the homeless. Now, this is supposed to eliminate panhandling and supposed to also directly funnel that money to groups that will be helping the homeless. I'm initially suspicious because my mind, first of all, says, wait a minute, this is a government program that's going to create more government to then take money donated by taxpayers and give to homeless charities or charities that help the homeless. I'm suspicious because I want to know how much it's going to cost to run the commission that will decide where the monies will be sent. But I think it's an interesting idea. And I like the fact that the, the city of Providence, Rhode Island is making an effort to try and do something rather than do nothing. And they're also working on quality of life because the panhandling cannot be good if you've actually had to come up with something to say, we're going to take donations from people via these meters. So meters for needers. I will keep following that, and we will let you know how, how that works out. Now, when we get back, oh, we got to talk about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren and her merchandising. The lady that doesn't like people who make too much money is making a fortune in merchandising. I'll explain next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just uh, what do you think Elizabeth Warren is worth? Anybody? Anybody wonder what Elizabeth Warren's net worth is? Yeah, I, I wonder too. I, I'm, I'm going to look into that. You can go into those celebrity net worth sites. Some of those I trust, some I don't trust. But uh, Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, I believe, is going to be a big force in 2020. She says no. She's out there talking about the 2018 campaigns, but she is, she's got a massive business and merchandise going on. If you go to the site Etsy.com, a site that, that helps a lot of people, uh, small business people, sell their wares, started out as like a place for crafters to sell their wares. Elizabeth Warren's image and that that phrase she co-opted, nevertheless, she persisted. That was from Mitch McConnell and the admonishment he laid on top of Warren on the Senate floor a little bit earlier, about a few months back. But the um, Elizabeth Warren merchandise is just over the top, and her own her own website is selling stuff. They've sold out of the temporary tattoos that are very popular. Nine ninety nine. Those can't cost anything to make. They also have sold out of t-shirts. Over a half a million dollars in t-shirts. Twenty thousand dollars of t-shirts alone. Twenty five dollar t-shirts too. Nevertheless, she persisted. And they got the pink kitty cat hats that also say, nevertheless, she persisted. Sold a bunch of them for Mother's Day. Elizabeth Warren, the the one who warns us about the evils of capitalism, the one who talks about how those big banks, those greedy people are out there making so much damn money. She certainly looks like she's figured out how Capitalism could work to fund her lifestyle, her campaign, her future. There's also uh, Elizabeth at, uh, Warren prayer candle. I, I'm just, I'm just saying they're got her up for sainthood, and the Elizabeth Warren action figure that came out a few months ago, apparently the best-selling action figure on fctry.com. Unbelievable. They're making these people into gods. They're not. They're dangerous socialists. We've got Dr. Wendy Patrick joining us next, plus the eclipse. Come on back. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. It is the third hour of Pure Opelka on this Monday that feels like a Thursday because it feels like we never really <laughs> left. Oh, man. Saturday, as I checked out, all of a sudden, 
the world was melting down in Charlottesville, and you saw what happened, and you've heard it analyzed a million times over and over and over. And uh, we watched the president together on this show make his statement and come out and use the words neo-Nazis and white supremacists and KKK and condemn them. And yet the analysis will continue. In terms of the liberal media, it sometimes reminds me of relationship arguments where even if you come back and, and maybe make an apology or make a stronger proclamation, it really doesn't matter because you should have said that the first time. But we'll get into it with our friend, Dr. Wendy Patrick, who joins us pretty much every Monday. You've seen her on Fox. You've seen her on CNN. You've seen her all over the place. Dr. Wendy Patrick, wendypatrickphd.com, author of Red Flags and tells you how to get rid of those frenemies you really don't need in your life. That's Wendy's book. But we like to talk the politics. We like to talk the current events. And so Wendy's here pretty much every Monday for a few minutes. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Always a pleasure, Mike. Always good to be with you. Well, I'm excited about today because uh, we got the bonus of the president making this this uh, really strong statement, a statement that a lot of folks are saying they wish he would have come out with uh, Saturday evening. And we don't know because we weren't there. But uh, before we get to the topic I want to talk about, I wanted to ask you about today's vital question. The president made that strong statement. How do you rate his address on our vital question poll? Was it good, meaning presidential? Was it just okay? Was it too little too late? Or can you not decide? I definitely think it was good. You know, Mike, one of the things that I think Donald Trump really fights with, and he's been this way his whole life, is when he goes off the cuff, he goes off message. And the, the temptation to address the scenario in Charlottesville during the press conference he was having on another topic uh, at Bedminster over the weekend was a bad idea. And then what happens after that, after he made the unfortunate statements that he did, then in order to go into damage control mode, you can't just come out with another statement that might be just as bad or worse. He had to let a little bit of time pass. And I thought it was interesting as a career trial attorney to see how he laid out his bullet points today. You'll note that he didn't start right out of the gate with what everybody wanted to hear, which was the naming of the KKK, the neo-Nazi groups, which he finally did. He came out of the gate with some positive information about the campaign, about jobs, the economy, which is really traditionally Trump. But whoever wrote that speech, my goodness, must have made it absolutely perfectly crystal clear that he could not go off message this time. And that's why I'm rating it as good, because he stuck to his notes. Now, Mike, I say that knowing that no doubt there may be one one or more of your listeners that may see this as a rhetorical minimum that may listen to what he said today and say it sure would have been better if those had been the words they heard over the weekend. Granted, we all agree that's true. They weren't. But he did end up delivering a strong on-script message today. So everybody's glad about that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this was a strong message. And one of our callers actually mentioned the fact that he was happy the president waited until law enforcement 
uh, in the both the area and his Department of Justice gave him a breakdown of what they knew in terms of details, because there there obviously was more to know than we knew on Saturday. And there were obviously opportunities to interview more witnesses and talk to people. So uh, we've had all kinds of reactions to this. Now, Wendy, there's another there's another topic out there that I wanted to get into with you. And this is the one is the sort of Damocles dangling over the head of Stephen K. Bannon in the White House. Is he is he next for the exit door? Are you hearing anything? <laughs> you know, I'm probably hearing all the same chatter that you are. We They've been talking about Bannon being on the chopping block for a long time. And there's just those dueling narratives coming out of the palace intrigue. You know, some many so many people say, no, he's so close to the president. He's secure. He is also the link to the president's base. That's the argument. He can't fire him. He would lose all that support. On the other hand, particularly after the horrifying events of the weekend, and Mike, our hearts and prayers go out to that community and families of the victims. But after a weekend like this of white supremacist violence, one can't wonder whether or not Trump is going to be swayed to decide this just isn't the kind of association that can remain for the long run. Now, I always talk about forecasting, surrogate forecasting. I'll, I'll, I'll call it that. And what I mean is when you see other members of Trump's cabinet go on national television and refuse to align themselves with Steve Bannon, you wonder whether they are refusing to do so or unwilling because of what's going on inside internally. And, you know, so when you see that kind of thing coming out, you've got to wonder whether it isn't true that he actually does have the knives out for him. And the person I'm thinking of right now is yesterday. It was H.R. McMaster. Remember this, Mike, that was asked three times. By NBC's Chuck Todd, whether he can work with Bannon. You know, I I felt like objecting, you know, as a a trial lawyer. I mean, the the answers were so unresponsive to the question. And the question was asked in three different ways. And McMaster not once would be willing to flat out answer the question that he was being asked. That's very telling. It's very telling. And at the same time McMaster was making the rounds, we saw the mooch actually out yes, there and yes, I, we did and i didn't i didn't want to give the mooch any credibility as a matter of fact i tweeted to abc news i really didn't care i didn't want to watch him uh, and doesn't he have a newborn he needs to get home and attend to as well as four <laughs> four other children and two uh ex-wives or one one ex and one soon-to-be ex but the mooch didn't seem to have too much uh love and support for bannon But then again, the Roger Stone comments about Anthony Scaramucci being kind of a a, a terror squad to go in and take out some of the undesirables in the White House staff. He called him a suicide bomber. And uh, Scaramucci said he he relished that statement. He appreciated that analysis. (laughs) So with the mooch kind of sticking a knife in in uh, Bannon and McMaster dancing around it. I literally, I I wish I could have seen you as a prosecutor going, objection, he's not answering the question. He's blocking. 
And you know, let me give you an all kind of an interesting alternate explanation, possibly to all of this. So I and I heard and watched Scaramucci and what he had to say, and it wasn't a surprise. You know, he's he's never been shy about his feelings about Bannon, and you know, he he, he says he says, "quote I think the president knows what he's going to do with Steve Bannon." Unquote. It's his decision. But then again, he goes and says, you know, insinuates that Bannon is one of the leakers. That's one of the Mooch's most recent allegations. But if I had to play devil's advocate on McMaster, I might argue that McMaster just simply doesn't want to speak for the president. And he just simply doesn't want to make a statement that is then going to be undone with one of the president's tweets or undone with something that the president ends up doing as far as an action speaks louder than words event, whether he endorses Bannon or, or he does something else that makes it clear he's not going to be fired. It's possible McMaster simply doesn't want to be the victim of an inconsistent statement and doesn't want to lose his own credibility by going out there answering these questions and then being proven to be wrong. Now, what he could have done is said, well, I'm not going to speak for the president. I'm not going to give you an answer. But he doesn't strike me as the kind of person that that wants to do that, that wants to give sort of a no comment type of response. Instead, what he did is he stuck to his talking points, but he didn't give the fodder that many would have pounced upon had he then been wrong. So he he may just be a, a very good interviewer and just being very cautious. Well, not only that, McMaster was also in, reported to be in the crosshairs in the past week as well. There was uh, there there seemed to be an effort to try and gin up a campaign against McMaster, and then you saw him sitting next to the president, and that's not exactly the place you end up when you're yeah. going to be pushed out. So I wonder if he that's realized right. uh, he if he's ultimately the diplomat here, and we're. Wendy and I are playing palace intrigue uh, bingo here. So if you want to join in the conversation, you And you, you know, will. Mike, I love, I love these observations you're making because it is true. And you know, I'm a reading people fanatic. Uh, placement matters. You know, in that White House uh, chief of staff press meeting, remember when they were introducing John Kelly? I made a big deal over who was sitting where because it makes a big difference to the, the, the chemistry and the dynamics within that room. And it also, given the fact that every press agency was represented, it also made a difference to the viewing public, which no doubt was something that they strategized on the front end in deciding not only who was going to sit where. Remember, the president was right across from Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who had just been lambasting publicly. But it really was an opportunity for us to really read the power dynamic within the current administration. And the fact that Bannon is often in the background, I understand it has to be that way for photo ops much of the time, might forecast though where President Trump is thinking. But his thinking last week was probably influenced in a significant part by what happened over the weekend. Now it may be a whole new ballgame, especially with this hashtag Steve Bannon firing trending all over the world. Well, I, I want to get to that as well. Um, and I, I have a story on it, and I don't have a whole lot of time here. Did you see Alyssa Milano's, and uh, yes, I'm bringing up someone who was in the TV show called Who's the Boss? I think that was the show she was in. And it, wasn't <laughs> she on Melrose Place, too, or something? I, but uh, Alyssa, I <laughs> Alyssa Milano, TV star, tweeted something out last night saying that she walked into a Christmas store in New York City and saw all the elves had been arranged to make Nazi salutes. And that she, she got physically ill. 
when she saw this. And I'm like, hold on, hold on a second here. Wait a minute. Uh, she said, walked into a Christmas store in New York and someone arranged all the elf arms and Nazi salutes. I'm sick to my stomach. Hashtag fire Bannon. And my initial reaction was, how do you how do you tie somebody changing the the elf display at a Christmas store in New York City to getting rid of Stephen Bannon, which interesting leap that she's made. But, you know, you you jumped on your phone to tweet this, but you didn't think to take a picture to prove it. Now, in yeah, the, yeah. In the thousands of comments, actually hundreds of comments that have popped up around this, they people have asked, where is it? What's the name of the store? No pictures, no proof. Obviously, this didn't happen. She said, store in Little Italy. I found the only Christmas store in Little Italy that's open year round and talked to the manager of the store before this show went on the air. She, according to what the manager told me, she was not aware of anything like this. And she said, of course, we have little elf displays. And all the time people come around and, and move them around. So they're either fighting with each other, jumping on top of each other, molesting each other. It's all it's craziness. So anything could have happened. But I, I just wonder how this Alyssa Milano tweet goes from seeing. First of all, she gets triggered by seeing toy elves making Nazi salutes, as she says, to firing Stephen Bannon. Does Stephen Bannon wow. have Elf on the Shelf or Nazi on the Nook, I guess we should call it? <laughs> Mike, you are an excellent fact checker, and kudos to you for getting to the bottom of that story. You know, regardless of what you think about Steve Bannon, nobody should be the victim of fake news. So I am so proud of you, my friend. Yeah, well, good you. for you. The second point The second point I'll make is you, you just nailed it. It's the visceral reaction that people have to the association of Bannon and white supremacy. Everyone is viscerally, uh, they, we find it repugnant, the idea of KKK, Nazis, white supremacy, and to tie in an, an individual into that emotional reaction, if he does get fired, it probably will have more to do with that than anything else, because remember, the court of public opinion is speaking very loudly against this hashtag fire Bannon story, which it's probably explains the, uh, the story, quote unquote, that you just got to the bottom of. Well, if if you were to put um, a quarter on whether or not Steve Bannon is still in the White House by the end of the week, which side would you put him on a yes or a no? I think by the end of the week, he's still going to be there, because remember that I think Trump takes a lot of advice from a lot of different people before he moves. Um, and, and I'll say that James Comey might have been an exception to that rule. But usually he takes a lot of input. He's there till the end of the week. But, Mike, let's revisit this question next Monday. Let's see, what we, see where right. we are. <laughs> Monday, Monday will be the eclipse day. There will be many things in play on Monday and we will have a discussion. Uh, you and I will be talking literally minutes before the eclipse hits here in Delaware. So I look forward to that oh, as well. I can't wait. To, I can't wait. That's going to be a, a great day, especially for you, because I know you're in a great viewing spot. I'm I'm all over it. I've got my Eclipse viewer set up, and, and we'll talk about the Eclipse after the break. Thank you, Dr. Wendy. WendyPatrickPhD.com. Find her, follow her, and we'll talk Monday. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Always appreciate our chats with uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick. And uh, a week from today, she'll be back to talk with us. Hopefully, uh, we'll get her in before the eclipse hits here. Scheduled to bounce through the uh, zip code where I am and give us a 76% blockage. Uh, Scheduled to bounce through at about 238, 243. And it happens pretty quickly. We'll try and give you uh, real good coverage of it. Uh, The folks at Krispy Kreme Donuts are doing something they have never done before. Krispy Kreme out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, also kind of in the path. They're going dark ahead of the eclipse. Uh, The donut chain is uh, telling its customers that the signature treats, the regular glazed treats, are going to get a special chocolate sheen for the first time ever in honor of the eclipse when the moon will pass in front of the sun. The company put out a news release today that says it's a rare occasion, providing a total sensory experience for viewers across the continental U.S. Well, sort of. There, there's a swath of the country which will get super served, and then there are parts of the country that are just going to get a little bitty taste of it. The donuts will be available at, I believe, most of the Krispy Kreme stores next Monday, August 21st, and uh, limited hours leading up to. I guess they're going to test the the system on the 19th and 20th. So if you're a Krispy Kreme fan, and who isn't a Krispy Kreme fan? <laughs> they're so good. Uh, they will be having their Eclipse Donuts coming up. Now, there are all kinds of ways you can view the Eclipse Uh, The one way you don't want to view it is by squinting at it. So uh, we'll post some links on how you can make an Eclipse viewer. They're actually pretty easy to do. I remember we did them as kids, made Eclipse viewing boxes uh, right in the backyard, and we watched them. But there's a a couple of other things we have to get to about the Eclipse because there's some silly things happening. 12 million people live in that, that band of totality. 88 million Another 88 million live within 200 miles. And 350 million of us, which is pretty much the whole country, are within a a day's drive. So wherever you are, from Portland, Oregon, to Charleston, South Kakalaki, you're able to see the eclipse. We'll get into this a little bit more. And um, I got to tell you about the grandma who returned the grandchild after a visit with an invoice mom's not happy does she she have a right to be we'll get into that just around the corner on pure opelka come on back you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Radio Network.
Welcome back to Piero Pelka. Wow, this show is flying by today. We did monitor what the president said in the very first hour. Finally came out and made a really strong statement about what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia over the weekend. And it's not enough for a lot of the people on the left or the left-leaning media. But I did put up a Twitter poll so you can vote on it. At StuntBrain is my Twitter handle. You can go there now and participate. Leave a comment. You can also call in 888-900-3393. Before we get back to that, I remind you over a million Over one million of the three-week quick start packs have been sold by Relief Factor. It is the all-natural, 100% botanical mixture that helps me with joint pain. Let's face it, the inflammation has been reduced. I don't have the joint pain. And it's botanicals and fish oil. I get the packs. I put them in my computer bag. I take them at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the inflammation around my knees, my hips, and my back is down, way down, so I'm out again. I'm out doing speed walking in the morning and the golf course whenever I can. Relief Factor. It's uh, relieffactor.com if you want to check it out and get more information. 80% of the people who try the three-week quick start pack come back and order it again. I've been taking it since April 7th. On April 15th, it kicked in for me. It's usually 7 to 10 days. So if you want to check it out, relieffactor.com, or ask the question. Pick up the phone and call them and and get your questions asked. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. What the heck are you waiting for? We're talking about what's coming up next week, next uh, Monday, actually, the solar eclipse. And, and we'll get back to that. We'll update you every single day about some of the stuff we're seeing that's happening. But uh, I, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. There was something going on in Baltimore this past weekend. And I know Doc used to joke about this. Doc Thompson used to joke about this all the time. And it's something I just, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. And, it, and it's something called BronyCon. BronyCon. These, these conventions that all end with a con, I'm wondering if there's a con-con, if there's a, a, a con convention of all the conning that's going on. BronyCon in Baltimore this past weekend, the city of Baltimore welcomed what is billed as the world's largest convention for and by fans of the animated TV series, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I have never seen My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. So I'm... I'm wondering if anybody attended and would love to explain it. I would love to understand it. I would absolutely love to understand it. I know they actually have panels for these things and they have autograph sessions with people who are famous in the BronyCon community. I don't know who they are, 
But uh, Baltimore, this past weekend, there were banners up all over downtown advertising BronyCon. Somebody help me understand. I'm sorry, but a cartoon called My Little Pony with guys that want to be giant fans of this BronyCon? Apparently, more than 10,000 people showed up. Okay, I'll just, I'll be over here in the corner wondering what, what. If someone can explain, you're welcome to explain. But I have to get to the story that I teased because it's a story I've been hanging on to for a couple of days now. Is this right? Is this okay? A mom sent her daughter to visit grandma for a couple of weeks in the summer. She has a 14-year-old daughter. Going to send her to hang out with grandma. Grandma lives uh, on a lake, and the 14-year-old was going to stay there for three weeks. Mom sent the daughter to grandma with uh, a check for 300 bucks to cover the daughter's expenses during the visit. The daughter comes back three weeks later and uh, mom includes, grandma, includes with the return of the grandchild another invoice asking for $475.50 for additional expenses. Um, We went to visit grandma and grandpa and we would stay for a couple days here and there. But, I, A, I don't remember my parents actually uh, sending any money with us, nor do I recall my grandparents sending an invoice back. I, I grew up in a very different time. Family didn't send family invoices. The invoice had a list of itemized expenses, including the cost of gas to and from the airport, when she had to pick up and then return the child 45 minutes away, you see. Also billed her daughter for the train tickets to go into the city to see a museum and the cost of the museum uh, admission. This was an itemized bill. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you justify this? Is this going to end up on a Judge Judy or is this, are these just the times we're living in now? I'm confused. I don't understand. If I'm wrong on this, do you, do you as a parent believe it's okay to send your kid to see uh, grandma and then grandma keeps track of every nickel she spends? And uh, first of all, mom sent 300 bucks. So does that mean grandma spent another almost 500 bucks in the three weeks. So that's virtually an $800 cost for three weeks of hanging out. I I don't care what kind of car you drive, a 45-minute trip to the airport, what is it? That's probably a 30 to 40-mile ride. How much is that gas? Seriously. That's a half a tank of gas even on a car that gets crappy gas mileage. So that means grandma, grandma's hitting mom up for an, another 450 bucks 
on top of the 300 she sent. What would you tell mom? What do you tell your mother if you get that? Do you take the invoice, fold it back up, put it in an envelope and send it back to mom? I'm just I'm just wondering if if you I'm, I know this is going to end up on Judge Judy. Absolutely believe it's going to end up on Judge Judy. So keep an eye out for this one. Grandma sends granddaughter home with an invoice. You're welcome to weigh in on the Twitter and or on the on the phones. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. And then this story as tomorrow is um, tomorrow's the special election, I believe, to uh, primary out who's ever going to run for Jeff Sessions seat in Alabama. I know Mo Brooks was on with Glenn Beck today. I think Mo Brooks is a great guy. I think he's a terrific candidate. I know that the president has thrown his weight behind somebody else. But I happen to like Mo Brooks. And at least Mo Brooks can vote for himself. In the case of, of um, Kansas, the state of Kansas, they're going to elect a new governor in 2018. And the governor in, in uh, Kansas, the position has a candidate who is not even old enough to vote. This sounds like that story out of, out of Georgia earlier this year where John Ossoff didn't live in the district that he was running to represent in the con- congressional election. Remember that? In this case, the kid lives in the state of Kansas. But because Kansas has wonky voter laws, he's not even old enough to vote for himself. He's 16 years old. Kansas gubernatorial candidate Jack Bergeson says he wants to be the next governor in Kansas. Unfortunately, he can't vote for himself. His uh, platform includes legalizing marijuana. Of course, he's a high school student. student. Why wouldn't he? But uh, how interesting that a... and he, Oh, by the way, he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat who's running for office in Kansas on a platform that includes <laughs> legalizing pot for recreational use and he can't vote for himself. Just kind of keeping the Democratic theme alive, isn't it? John Ossoff, I wonder if John Ossoff will go there and campaign for the young man. By the way, his running mate, uh, 17-year-old Alexander Klein, trying to become the lieutenant governor. The two have known each other since the seventh grade, and they are seeking the... Well, wait a minute. If you're 17 and you've known each other since the seventh grade... Well, that's just been like a handful of years, right? It's not like you guys have known each other for several decades. So you have a 16-year-old running for governor, a 17-year-old running for lieutenant governor. Neither one of them, neither one will be able to vote for their ticket. And yet, what are they doing to raise funds for their campaign? Well, one of them is bussing tables and washing dishes at his family burger and beer joint called Fizz. American politics, everybody. 2018 is going to be a very interesting year, so you better buckle up. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. And wrapping up a Monday on Pure Opelka, I, um, I, I can't tell you, I guess I'm happy. I'm happy nobody called from, from this uh, audience and said, yeah, by the way, I just got back from BronyCon. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty accepting, but I might be tempted to laugh. Uh, you know, if you're going to a My Little Pony convention, 10,000 people went. I would have gone had I the time. I did go to uh, StoogeCon a few years ago, two years ago in Philadelphia. And I have to tell you, uh, they know you're laughing at them and they don't care. So the StoogeCon people, very, very interesting. I'm sure the BronyCon people are just as interesting. I just can't see it. After you watch something like The Wire in Baltimore, I don't know if I can, if I can envision BronyCon taking place in that same city. Tomorrow we should be talking with our supermarket guru friend, Phil Lempert, and I have to ask him and Chef Carl Ruiz, our other regular foodie, about... Um, this uh, very hot food trend. Have you heard of swine apple? Anybody heard of swine apple? It is a, a pineapple that gets stuffed with pork and then wrapped in bacon. And you cook it on the grill until the bacon is, is properly cooked. Swine apple. I'm going to ask uh, Carl Ruiz, the Mad Cuban, about this, and maybe, just maybe, we will do a live, a live periscoping of that. Also, uh, coming up, uh, don't forget, Wednesday, we're going to tell you, Wednesday's Elvis Day, because it's the 40th anniversary of Elvis dying on the toilet. And uh, why, why shouldn't we pay attention to that, as well as all the other stories we're covering? I, I do think we should maybe say a little prayer tonight. For uh, for peace, not just in in American cities, as as the racial divide and the hatred from the KKK and the alt right and the white supremacists are still out there, but I think we need to say a prayer as it relates to North Korea. One of the things that actually concerns me is that Kim Jong Un was swept off the front of all the news coverage by this story. And let's not forget, he gave us a, uh, a deadline of August 15th that he would be doing something with Guam and missiles. So let's pray that the diplomatic efforts that have been going on quietly in back channels between America and China and Russia and North Korea, let's p pray that those work and we don't have a surprise from Kim Jong idiot, because right now in his country, it already is the 15th of August. I would like better than to, nothing better than to hear nothing out of Kim Jong idiot. 
I hope you join us tomorrow, and I, I hope we don't have to talk about that. But if we do, we will. We'll be ready. Plus, is all the gold we're said to have in our Federal Reserve Banks, is it all there? We'll talk about that. The word is rehypothecation. I'd like to know. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.